0: The line between light and dark is so very thin. I am gone. And I have become legend. And welcome back, Guardians, to another edition of Becoming... Legend. What is up? Whoop, 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 The first episode of Becoming Legend in a brand new year, 2022. <laughs> Welcome back, exactly. Guardians. Welcome back, Mr. Tweezy. Of course, I am your host, Mr. Bird Up. We are happy to be here, happy to give you some new updates on the world of Destiny. There's been quite uh-huh. a lot going on. We took a little bit of a break over the holidays, of course, to spend time with family and uh, Eva Levante, but. Uh, Turns out there's a lot of new things going on, Mr. Tweezy. What kind of things are we going to talk about today?
1: All right, so today we are going to talk, uh, first and foremost, we're going to do some housekeeping. There will be changes to the way that we do this podcast throughout this year and the coming years. So we want to make sure that we give you guys all of the information around that. We're going to talk a little bit about the dawning. And then we're going to get into the most recent thing that dropped. Uh, as of recording, the most recent trailer we got is the new Ascendant Realm trailer. So we're going to kind of dive into that, talk about our reactions, talk about our theories and stuff like that. And yeah, I think that's, that's everything we got planned for the
0: day. All right. So, All right. That sounds great. That sounds great. One thing I I did want to uh, go ahead and announce with those housekeeping is we are making some changes to the podcast. As you see, I know that we are coming up on a new year. We're coming up on a new expansion for Destiny. So we have excited, sorry, excited. We are excited to announce that we have decided to announce that upon the release of the Witch Queen expansion, February 22nd, we will launch the second season officially of Becoming Legend. For those who have been listening along so far, you know, some... Seasons end around 13, some end at 20. We kind of just kept going for a while there. There was a lot to cover in the Beyond, Beyond Light year. But yeah. now as we are coming to a new release of exp- expansive content and a whole wave of lore, we decided to make a couple changes to reflect that change upon ourselves in the podcast. Number one mm-hmm. I wanted to announce is we will now have a Patreon. You will now be able to access our podcast ad-free. That's what I meant to say. And... Mm -hmm. we will also three dollars will get you access to the episodes one day before they typically launch which is normally on fridays we are changing that day as well another announcement we have been releasing episodes on thursday they will be released on every other friday now so being a paid member of our patreon will give you access to a day early and you don't have to listen to any ads which we will have Mm -hmm. now throughout our podcast what other changes are we implementing Mister (laughs)
1: so we have a couple of things uh that we're also doing uh we are monetizing obviously with the launch of patreon you can see that we are going to try and make this podcast and this brand this community everything that we're building here we're trying to set up the uh the foundations to make this something that is sustainable all right so what that also means is that we are launching a standalone youtube channel if you search becoming legend on youtube by the time this video comes out this should be on that channel as well. So you will be able to watch uh, all of our videos on, on YouTube as well. And uh, again, with the, with the monetization thing, we are going to be doing ad reads. We are looking for sponsors. We do have some that we're going to do. Uh, we do have some as you're even gonna hear today. This is also a way for us to structure our podcast, but you guys will hear more about that ad Later, But yeah, again, everything that we're doing, including launching season two of the podcast, we're not really changing anything. It's not like we're taking a break, but it is a time for us to kind of set forward a new foundation for how we want this to continue. And since it is the release of Witch Queen specifically. If you take a look at all of our graphics that we've created over the past year, everything that you see on us is very much related to stasis and beyond light. And with Witch Queen coming up, we figure now is the perfect opportunity to kind of change up some of our artwork, kind of change up some of our graphics, kind of change up the way that you guys view the podcast itself to make it a much more polished product for you. And we're going to have it more in line with some of the, the design ideas that are presented within which queen itself so that's it patreon three dollars a month is going to get you access to our feeds one day free with no ads you're going to be able to watch us on our own dedicated youtube channel becoming a legend mm-hmm. uh we're going to have more ads throughout the podcast and yeah it's, it's going to be exciting we've we've spent a, a lot of this this off time as it will uh talking about how we want to grow and how we want to continue to improve what we're doing here so this is what sets that foundation for us and this is what's going to allow us to continue to grow and, and make this awesome content for all you guys so with that being said i think that leads us perfectly into the one thing I didn't we get that could you try again really wow alexa over here hey man Isn't... alexa really oh, digs the podcast it wasn't, it wasn't her, it was Siri, and then I triggered the one that was in my room. <laughs> Smart devices, man. <laughs> but um, with that being said, the off-season was the dawning. And I don't think we really need to get too much into it, but we can talk a little bit about what happened in the dawning. There was a couple of new things that were introduced, a new weapon with a new perk, and a couple of new quests as well. Uh, so I'm curious, what was your experience in
0: the dawning, you know, throughout the break? How'd you, how did you, like... Okay, so for me, I think this Dawning was a little bit different. Um, it could be the fact that this is the longest season that we've had um, in general. Mm-hmm. I have been experiencing a little bit of burnout throughout the holidays. I did participate in the Dawning in order to do the new quests and get a little bit of storyline that was introduced there. Um, there's some really good you know, stories. It's very uh, family-oriented <laughs> and, and kind of represents the Dawning slash Christmas vibes, and you get to check in on your favorite characters. Um, but besides that, I did not grind out the dawning like I normally would. I didn't bake cookies for every single character and make a million of those and grind out all every single step. It's quite a lot, honestly. And, Mm -hmm. um, even some of your favorite destiny content creators may have expressed that this year was particularly grindy. So unfortunately I did not go all the way through, but I had fun. I had a good time and I'm here to express Uh, exactly what happened in those quest lines. What about you? Uh, I had fun. I did it all. The only triumphs
1: that I didn't get uh, this past dawning, I did not get the one for throwing all the snowballs. And then I didn't get one for baking all of the cookies that they have. I did deliver them to every vendor. I did notice that Riven is no longer a vendor that you can deliver cookies to. That's neither here nor there. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I I engaged with it. But also, uh, yeah, I'm in the same boat as I think everybody else is. Uh, with the fact that this season has been six months long, uh, and with the way that the dawning has been structured, just like historically for us, um, it's not always the thing that's really fun, especially when, uh, I don't know if you experienced this when it first started, uh, there was a lot of talk in the community about not being able to get null taste for whatever reason. Um, it was, it was a little bit more difficult to get some of the, uh, some of the ingredients than it was in previous years. So
0: wow.
1: yeah, it wasn't it wasn't great. I had to I ended up running uh void, like blink blink warlocks. Mm-hmm. So yeah. It was it was an event. Uh but it's over. But also, yes, it has been a long season. Even with uh adding in the 30th anniversary stuff, uh, when they did in November, like it's still not enough when there's New games that came out over the holiday that people want to play, and then also the fact that the two new quests are the only new things that were introduced this season, and there was not really a whole big distinction between how you know, like how Festival of the Lost changed this year in a significant way. Dawning hasn't changed in four years. We, we're still baking cookies. We're still doing everything that we've been doing since D two. Uh, so. Yeah, it's it's understandable to be tired of it. So, but yeah. Yeah. Those new quests, though. The new quests, I will say, uh, and we can talk a little bit, like, I, I wrote down in our show notes, like, the specifics of what happened in those quests and what we did. Um, those new quests were exciting, though, because it was a, a moment where past season stories didn't seem to be abandoned completely. It did seem like we are... Destiny is in Bungie is going to continue this through line of bringing back in elements of the story into other things. And that does give me hope for events moving forward that maybe these characters and these events and the things that we do throughout the season will have more of an impact on even just the small, silly events that we do. So
0: Mm -hmm. yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. You know, in, in along that line of thinking for me, one thing that I really enjoyed about the Dawning is it's kind of like it's kind of like a best of the Beyond Beyond Light expansion, the best of the different seasons that happened over the course of this past year. A reminder of exactly what happened, why it's important, and the fact that these actions do have. Uh, semblance in the story, even multiple seasons down the line. So with the very first quest that we received from Commander Zavala, the Rite of Dawning, majority focusing on the Cabal, which we get from one of the opening seasons in uh, Beyond Light. And that was the very first Mm -hmm. expansion where we even considered working with other races and forming a a community and accepting them into the Tower, uh, creating relations between the Tower and Kayetul, the new Empress of the cabal, whereas before, we would just slay them all, you know, and not worry about the consequences as, uh, as a Lord Saladin wanted us to do, but we actually discussed that in previous episodes if you want to know more about that particular season. But um again, dawning for me was really great just getting to go back and touch base on your favorite NPCs, the ones that you may not have seen in quite a while. you know, even Drifter got a little bit of light in there, and he hasn't had anything to do in. Almost a year. So I quite enjoyed yeah. those parts of the stories.
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's see. So the two missions that we had uh, to briefly just go over the quest so we can move on to the sword. We'll talk about the sword a little bit. Um, the Rite of Dawning, that is Zavala with Kallus, like or Keitel, like you said. Um, it was very much a moment for us to go and try and understand the, both of these quests, the Rite of Dawning and the Pigeon Provides, Uh, were opportunities for us to kind of learn from other cultures about what they value, what they think is most important, and then for us to find a way to give it to them. So Rite of Dawning, to impress Empress Keitel, we get a ceremonial cup, we get some Tora Batal ceremonial vestments, and then a bottle of torah battalion uh red i think it's like a wine that we take from the drifter indeed um and then we leave that in the tank just to be like hey merry christmas like we are santa and that Mm -hmm. and and then where the pigeon provides like saint 14 still very much wrestling with the idea that he was not seen as a hero to the elixir he was seen as a monster uh his goal is to spread donning cheer to all of the Elixney of house light that are currently living in the Elixney quarter in the last mm-hmm. city. And so what we did with him is we gathered all the ingredients to bake and then eventually distribute these like swaddled ether drips, uh, which was very cute. I got to run around uh, the Elixney quarter and just like say hi to all the Elixney that are staying there and give them all cookies. And that was a lot of fun. Uh, not going to lie. I was like, all right, sweet. Have I hit this group over here yet? No. All right, cool. Um, but it's definitely fun. It was definitely a light art way of making references to that, but also continuing to see how these characters are, are trying to manage these relationships with these other races. You know, now that we've, we haven't solved it, but like that season's conflict is over.
0: So. Absolutely. Mm. Doing more to make them feel welcome in the city as opposed to, yeah. ah, you know, we went through a battle with you and, and you're here now, but we have another threat. So let's just focus on that. I did like that. They are taking, a moment among everything that is happening. Like we're literally on the cusp of being invaded by Zivu Arath in the Dreaming City, most likely. And uh, whatever's going to happen with Savathun and her worm, The like pro is still out there with, with uh Kaido figuring out who he is and how he feels about that. And Callus is still out there doing who knows what, like there's a lot happening right now that humanity should fear and, you know, not exactly team up together and share the dawning and Christmas love and spirit. But we go out of our ways to take care of our friends. And Mm -hmm. that is part of what being in the city is all about. It's not necessarily just humanity's last stand and last city. It's everybody's now under the Traveler. Traveler protect us. We'll see what happens Mm -hmm. next season. We'll see. Don't dip out on us like you did the Elixir. Please, Traveler. You know? I can't. I really can't. Like, oh, wait, I will implement Resputin, and he'll shoot you down again. Like, we'll do this. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. But. So did, you did get the
1: sword, though, right? You did I get did Zephyr? get the
0: sword. Yes. I thoroughly enjoy it. Um, you know, one of the abilities of the new Zephyr sword that makes it different, a reason for you to grind out this sword among all the other swords that are released right now, is it is empowered with a stasis effect. Um, is it a, a mod? It's a certain role that it drops with, right? Yeah, it's a specific role.
1: The, the perk that is uh, delivered is called Cold Steel. Mm. And so anytime that you use a powered attack, it will slow your target with stasis. And then if you continue to hit powered attacks against enemies, you can eventually freeze them completely. Yeah. So it's definitely a lot of fun. I think everybody got that role. Uh, when you finish one of the two quests, you do get the the special role. It's already masterworked. Um, so, yeah, it's a cool sword. I, I like the again. I like this continuation of making stasis a damage class. This is something that we've talked about since it got introduced. Like, hey, more weapons need to have this if this is going to be a damage type. We need to be able to to separate out these things. So it was really nice to be able to do that, and then just using stasis with the sword was definitely a lot of weirdness and a lot of fun. Cause all you do is just like a simple powered attack. Bam. You got a guy frozen. If you got, uh, especially if you're running like dares, if you're doing astral alignment to get like a team of people that are hitting mm-hmm. everybody. And yeah. It just, <laughs> it goes quick. Especially once you, uh, kind of put together the, the stasis and light mods and, and you kind of do those, uh, specialized, uh, mods that we got this season with the artifact. I really think that's going to be a thing moving forward. So
0: yes, absolutely, they are definitely training you to learn how to wield your artifacts and mods in particular ways you wouldn't necessarily think of. It's how they're able to stack on damage with stasis uh, this season in particular. One great thing about this sword, especially, it is not an exotic sword. You were able to run this and say cryothesia or the new stasis uh, ray gun and power those together. Mm-hmm. But you can also run a light subclass, which means if you're using light abilities on those stasis effect weapons, you will be doing more damage than you would normally. These are ways that you can buff your damage and um, kind of become more of a god out there in the PVE world. But it's going to become extremely relevant with the changes that they're going to implement with. Uh, Witch Queen coming soon. So get used to it yeah, and um, you know, follow your favorite destiny content creators who explain the mods to you, or join our uh, Discord and uh, Destiny Clan, and Mr. floofy will tell you all about it. but mm-hmm. I' just need to hear that. Exactly.:
1: All right. Well, we are about to talk about the Witch Queen trailer, but first this episode is brought to you by our Patreon. For three dollars a month, you can get access to ad-free versions of our podcast one day early. As well as being one of the first to know whenever we have anything new to announce, you can find us at patreoncom slash legend That's patreon.com/slash/becominglegend. Now back to the show, and we're back. See, I told you, you guys would hear more about the ads as we got further into. That was a pretty episode. good ad read. Uh, yeah, thanks, whoever read it. We don't know who it cool. is at the moment, but you know, <laughs> good job. <laughs> so obviously, our main topic today—the thing that we're going to talk the most yes. about—is. The new yes. Witch Queen trailer uh, that dropped, uh, what, beginning of the week for us when we're recording
0: this? That's right. I think. Second week in January. And yeah,
1: all it is. Sec- oh, there you go. Second week of January. Uh, it is a new trailer that shows off a little bit more of the ascendant realm uh, that we are going to be exploring in the Witch Queen. And there's a lot of different things to pick out. Some things that we looked at um. You know, it, we will put show notes. We will put links in the show notes below about other content creators who have made content around this. Some of the things that we've pulled uh, from this trailer are specifically from those content creators. They are the ones who discovered a lot of these things. Other things are things that obviously we knew about, uh, you know, so it's it's publicly available information. We'll try to give credit where credit is due. But let's uh, let's get into it, man. The first thing actually, you know what? Well, before we get into what's actually in the trailer, when that dropped, what was your hype level at? It was pretty high.
0: It was, it was, I would say I would give it a <laughs> nine, a nine. I'm trying not okay. to say 10 because I know that there's going to be more. And Bungie has already iterated. They will be releasing more information and in trailers in the coming weeks. So knowing them, they're going to top everything they've released so far. So I have to reserve a little bit of excitement for that. But a clear nine, like, wow, the stuff that they show <laughs> in this world, in particular about Savathun's throne world and how she has used the powers of the Ascendant Realm to formulate her own castle, her own k- castle in the sky. Like, it's, mm. it looks like it's made out of light, honestly. That's what's really so shocking to me is the aesthetic. It doesn't look like Oryx's throne world at all. Very no. interesting.
1: <laughs> Very much so that's good nah dude i i saw that trailer and then i saw people freaking out about it online i was like all right i need to i guess take a moment and watch this uh and then when i watched it i was like all right this is great i need to watch this four more <laughs> times to really kind of like pick through and and see the things you know they, especially with bungie they know yes. that the community will pick apart a trailer and will search for clues if you put clues in there and that is that is something that's happened throughout everything. There was the whole geocaching thing with Warmind. There is the whole Morse code thing and the puzzle solving for, uh, what was it? Black mm-hmm. Armory. That's Caesar right. Black Armory. There was a whole bunch of puzzle solving to get the last, the what was it? GoFan and Forge? Uh, something like that. So they know that we like these puzzles and they put so many of them in this that uh, I just can't even, I can't even believe uh, that they're willing to give up this much information without telling us anything, you know, like it's like a fun little trick because we got some stuff. We're going to talk about some stuff in a second uh, where it's just like, all right, like, do we actually know what is happening here? Does this confirm some theories? Is this creating new theories? Whatever. Mm-hmm. But we'll start with the, the obvious, the most obvious thing is the thing that that trailer opens up on. There is a sunken, Pyramid ship inside of Sabathun's Ascendant Realm. And we know, uh, thanks to the fact that they have this published on the the Witch Queen uh, expansion page itself, we know that that's probably going to be the location of the new raid. uh, Is that we are going to be infiltrating a pyramid ship. But what we're going to do there is that actually a pyramid ship, like a real pyramid ship? How did a pyramid ship get into the Ascendant Realm? Um, how does this pyramid ship get taken down? Like, these are questions that I start having after seeing it. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, we, we see there's a, a pyramid ship. There's a, a way to commune with the darkness there. But why is this here? How did this get here? Because there we know uh, once the pyramid ship started invading before we said goodbye to Asher Mir, he tried to shoot. the the pyramid ships and saw that the energy or like the, the projectiles would dissipate upon like hitting and would cause no visible damage. Yes. And this does look like it's a damaged ship that's like sunk in a, in a swamp. How did this happen? How, what power is there that can take down a pyramid ship? And I I'm excited specifically because of that ship, because I'm like, okay, we're going to start to see the unveiling of what comes after we know that, that Savazin, we, we actually don't know Savazin's role in everything, what it's going to be. But we do know that there is an entity in the deep that we will eventually face. And right now, there is no real information about who is going to win or lose because we've not been able to do any damage to any of these ships. And so this is exciting because this means that maybe we'll start to figure out what humanity can do to survive. How can we defeat this enemy? Because it, there's just, you know, this is the first time that we've seen any sort of damage happen to one of these ships.
0: So. Yes, exactly. Maybe this is something that we can learn from and teach to either Rasputin mm-hmm. or our greatest minds, probably warlocks who will be able to figure out exactly what went down. Right now, we can only speculate that it has something to do with energy waves. Because whenever mm-hmm. Ashramir first fired upon the pyramid ship on Io, he did see that his energy, his um, energy ball that he shot, his plasma ball disappeared, but on his metrics, it still appeared that it was in reality. So it, it hit an invisible wall to where it, it disappeared and it was not able to make contact with the pyramid ship. So if Asher Myr, one of the best scientific minds that we have alive to the date, was not able to touch the pyramid ships, nor was Rasputin, one of the greatest minds we have from the Golden Age, one of the oldest minds we have around that, no- that has actually encountered the darkness before, neither of these were able to touch the pyramid ships, and yet somehow Savathun was able to disable one? That's what I really mm-hmm. am interested in finding out, how exactly, and how can... Just like you said, humanity learn from this and implement this and maybe use it as a way that we can face the darkness itself. Because right now, we can't even touch him. He can just send us visions whenever he wants, and we can't do anything about it. So it would be nice to have a defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it would be super mm-hmm. dope. Ah.
1: Let's see. After that, trailer goes through. The next big thing that we see is a statue. And there's a lot of questions about why this statue mm-hmm. specifically. There's a lot of, of thoughts about it. Um, there is a statue of Oryx facing off against Akka, the, the warm mm-hmm. god of secrets. And we know that this is Oryx facing Akka because there is... One, it looks like Oryx. <laughs> uh, and two, this is the very same art that we've seen in the Grimoire uh, collection or in the, the anthology book that has the Book of Sorrows, which... By the way, if you want to know a little bit about our talks in the Book of Sorrows, we did cover a little bit of it. I don't know how extensive it was, but we did cover it in Episode 10, a few of our favorite things. So if you're wanting to catch up about what happens in the Book of Sorrows, maybe we'll talk about it later. But we definitely talked about it in Episode 10. You can go back. You can listen to it there. But the big thing is that Oryx versus Akka is is what makes Oryx the Taken King. You know, they're in the middle of their their. Constant wars against each other where they're constantly killing each other and then coming back. And Oryx, uh, back then, aris A U R Y X I don't know how to pronounce Auri- that it's, I always thought it was our, Oryx, spelled, different.
0: who knows? Aurix, Auri-X, Auri-X. we'll take that. Kind of goes together. Let's go with Aurix. Aurix. <laughs>
1: so arix realized that or has this conclusion that the worm gods had deceived him and his sisters. By giving Sorry. them worms. Yes, we can say right? it again. Jesus. It's
0: Aurix, okay? Aurix took on Akka, all right? It was a whole thing. Now. And then yeah. Akka <laughs> wasn't having it. Aurix said, you gave us the worms so we can have power, but you actually tricked us because the whole thing about your religion is you keep what you kill if you've seen Chronicles of Riddick just like that. But you mm-hmm. didn't kill the worms. They were gifted from Akka to Aurix. So no matter what happens, no matter how powerful Aurix gets through the sword logic out here killing and slaying, you know, whole solar systems, he will never become more powerful than Akka unless he is able to defeat and take the darkness from Akka. That's pretty much what happened.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, Siri? Yeah. Pretty <laughs> much. Yeah. Thanks, Siri. <laughs> uh. So...
1: Obviously, there is a whole book, a whole chapter about this, this face off between the two. One of the big things is that Aka has the ability to commune with the Deep and Oryx wants to commune with the Deep and with the with the entity behind the darkness. And he realizes he can't do it. Aka says that he won't be able to kill him, not realizing that Oryx had already killed Savathun and Zero Wrath and had gained their powers. And so what does he do? He uses that power to kill Akka and he cuts him into thousands of tiny little pieces and learns the secret behind how to commute with or commune rather with the darkness. And with that, he is able to fashion the tablets of ruin. And then he speaks to the deep and we don't know what happens That part is not recorded, but what we do know is that after crafting the Tablets of Ruin and after communing with the Deep, he comes back as Oryx, the Taken King, and has the ability to take and create the Taken, which obviously we dealt with uh, in the Taken King expansion. Correct. But this is in Savathun's throne world. This is in Savathun's ascendant realm. So why is that? Is it because it's a very important moment in history? Where, because of the fact that Oryx is able to commune with the Deep, he's able to learn the true nature of how everything is going to pan out, and is able to understand what his and his sister's destinies are, and this is a reference to that? Is, Is that what's going on? Is there something else? Is there another reason why this statue is there? Is there something that we don't know about that event that we're going to find out? Is this that that event specifically was the turning point in Oryx ascending to the next realm, and by likening that, that is what Sabathun is implying, is that she, maybe with the separation of the worm that we are about to, to do or not do, mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen, is that going to be something that elevates Sabathun to her next level, whatever that may be?
0: Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Theories about and, it. And, you know, it, that's really what the evidence is pointing to is that that is exactly what is going to yeah. happen, is that she is going to have an awakening just like Oryx did, and we are going to fight her at that pinnacle moment where she just, gained, where she just became mm-hmm. the most powerful, and we have to learn how to take her down. Another thing in regards to what you're saying about why is this statue here, I really think you were onto something about it being a, a moment in history that was extremely important, not only to Savathun and Oryx, but really, to her species in general, which I believe were called the Cree or the Krill. Sorry if I'm messing that up, people, but it was the Cree yeah. or the Krill before they, they engaged with the, Krill. Uh, the worms and became the hive. They were a complete another species. So, and when you look at the history of the Krill, this is the moment where, this is the second moment where they ascend into godhood. But perhaps now they'll be able to keep that title and not get knocked down like Oryx did. Another thing is during this trailer that we're describing to you now, there is a moment where Sabathun voices, this Ascendant Realm was once indistinguishable from my own mind. So probably the most important moments in her mind will have physical locations in this throne world. And just as a theory and and maybe a prediction, I predict there will be other moments in the Destiny timeline that will also be present in this throne world. I would really want to hope that Gaul and the capture of the traveler has some sort of importance in there as well. Because this w- this is a moment where she first learned from Gaul that the light can be captured and controlled and used that to fuel her plans in order to go through everything that she's doing right now. So whenever you see these hive ghosts that are floating around, you can safely say she got the idea from Gaul. So yeah you know and
1: and it's just again we're these are all theories of course like oh, we're yeah, reading a lot, into a trailer a here um you know but it was an important moment and e, what's what's especially striking is the fact that she was not there when oryx defeated Akka. obviously she was killed and savazoon and zivu Arath, uh did not get brought back until after oryx became the taken king oryx brought his sister's Wrath back first in an act of war, and then in an act of cunning, was able to bring back uh, Savathun. Um, So, again, continuing to to fuel into what feeds their worms and and what brings them back. The fact that they weren't there and that there is this very clear statue memorializing that, um, just, again, it's another thing that gives us a whole list of questions about why is this there? What is the significance of this? And does this mean something else? Right. You know, is this a something that we can see, but has a different meaning? Who knows? Oh yeah. Sweet. And now for the fun part, which I kind of got into, but didn't get into, but kind of got into. Um, there's content creator. I know that we we pimp out his stuff all the time. Uh, Mylan Games He is the one Who is actually Responsible uh, For The The three Hard copy books Of Destiny Grimoire That we mm-hmm. Know He is one of the The main architects Behind it He was the Lore consultant That's correct Maybe It sounds about right uh, He was the lore consultant On that book He uh, On those series of books Putting together The chapters And why they all Break down the way That they do And he Put out a reaction video When this trailer First came out And him and his community were some of the first that i personally saw talking about this trailer in relation to alchemy. You know, this this old school thing that people used to believe in the middle ages where you can transmute one substance into another substance using what is essentially modern day chemistry. Um, you know, we know about it because of the philosopher's stone because of the trying to turn Lead into gold, but there was a lot of things in that trailer that were very specific to alchemy that other people had to interpret for me to understand. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh shamelessly steal after giving credit so that we can talk about the alchemy bits themselves because it also only happens for a flash, yeah, you know. The all of the symbols and all the numbers and stuff that they end up talking about in his video, which by all means go watch, we'll put a link to it. Um, those <laughs> it, it's just very interesting how it's a couple frames of a trailer that gets stuck in everyone's heads as being like this is the most significant thing within
0: the trailer itself, indeed. So, heavy implications, <laughs> yeah, from a 0. 0.5 second, heavy, heavy implications screen.
1: Yeah, no. it's not even a second along. Like When
0: you're watching the trailer, if you watch the trailer and we don't actually pause on it to show you what we're talking about, you're going to miss it. You're completely going to miss it and think, oh yeah, these are yeah. just some cool signals just to uh, increase the hype. But you learn over the years, as Mr. Tweezy said, Mr. Bungie does not put things in their trailers on accident. <clears throat> so <laughs> the thing that may seem like it has the smallest value is the largest. And uh. You put, just strap in. Just strap in, put your seat belts on and pop some popcorn. <laughs> we're going to go we're going to go deep. from alchemy. I got some popcorn. So, hope y'all get some. <laughs> Mr. Tweezy. Yeah. What is happening? What it's is not. going on? What is what is alchemy and what does it have to do with this trailer? I thought we were talking about Savathûn.
1: Oh, okay. we are. And so, basically the the main reason why alchemy is such As I readjust myself in my chair and make a lot of noise. The reason why we're talking about alchemy specifically uh, is that we do know what the end result of everything is. Through some manner, which we have not been able to divine quite yet. Savathun is able to wield and distribute Mm -hmm. the light. She is able to, through whatever means possible uh recreate uh the the para causality oh goodness i had it in my head yes uh, able to recreate the para causality that is the light and distribute it to all of her uh, lucent mm-hmm. brood and with all the alchemy things with the ability to uh transmute one substance into another um through simple things, this may be one of the way this may be the way that she learns how to wield the light itself, how to get the light, because we do see her in the trailer. She does Indeed. throw a Nova bomb.
0: It looks pretty bad, you at- know,
1: two whiffs, but she throws it. <laughs> so that is why this is so big, is that currently this is the 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 leading implication that through some sort of alchemy through some sort of prehistoric chemistry, Savathun is able to recreate the light and wield it herself. And that is why this is so important, because this is starting to answer some of those questions that we've had. Does she actually get the light from the Traveler? You know, once we separate her from her worm, if we are even able to do so, because that has not Mm -hmm. happened in game yet. If we are able to do so, is this how this happens? Does she get it organically? Is she... Taking it, is she stealing it? How does she get the power of the light? So alchemy, right now is our leading our leading guess. There's a whole bunch of different uh, symbols and numbers there. They're all uh, alchemy symbols that are making references to like like the core elements. There's some about fire. There's some about earth. Um, The one that everyone kind of pointed out was the symbol of the philosopher's stone. Obviously, you know what it is. Children of the generation, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone was a very big thing. So we all know what it does. We all know that it can turn base metals into gold or it can be used for achieving immortality. So in our instance, immortality is the ability to wield the light because through the light and through having a ghost, technically we can never die. Every time we die, we are just resurrected again and we maintain our memories And we maintain our equipment, everything. So we have become immortal through the light. By showing a a symbol of the Philosopher's Stone, is this also saying that this is how Sabathun is going to try and achieve her immortality and become more of a god herself, is wielding Mm -hmm. the light herself?
0: Yeah. Feel me?
1: That was a big one. That was one of the big ones. There's more. Uh, There's... Yeah, there is more. There's also references to a a very specific element in the periodic table of of elements. Osmium. uh, If you've heard that name before, it is because Savathun and her siblings, Wrath and Oryx, as we talked about earlier with the Krill on Fundament, uh, Savathun and her sisters originally are this proto-hive civilization called the Krill, uh, and they live on this it's a continental fragment drifting in the seas of fundament fundament is like this gaseous planet with seas uh there's implications in the lore that whoever was before like whoever was before the krill crashed their planet into fundament in order to hide and when they crashed the continent the the entire planet fractured and created all these different continental fragments that drift around there's the helium drinkers uh, and specifically with Sabathun, her and her brood are from the Osmium court. So uh, there is references to them and their pre their proto hive civilization. So with that, you know, the, the big things about that again, and I think we talked about it in episode 10 is that, Because of the fact they had such a short lifespan, only 10 years, and their father was driven to madness, and Taox, the second in command, made a deal with the helium drinkers to try and get the the sisters killed. Um, They went out and explored Fundament on their own and found the deep, or found the worm gods themselves. Under the water. And that is, you know, the Osmium Court is the, the precursor to them becoming the Hive and gaining the power that they gain. So by referencing osmium here, does this mean that she is about to take her brood of hive and have another mass evolution to whatever this new thing will be? I know that they're called the lucent brood. If you look mm-hmm. at the, the bungee page, all of the, the light wielding hive that she has are the lucent brood. But is this also a reference to the fact that we are elevating the hive once again to the next level of evolution? Are we?
0: I think I we are. Know. We are the catalyst for their change. We might be. Which is exactly what Zavala said to we Keitel in the strike. Um, the proving ground strike. Mm-hmm. He said, let us be the catalyst to uh, create change in the cabal. But we're actually doing that to our enemies, too. Kind of a double-edged sword. Yeah. Yeah. Yep.
1: And then there was some other elements that were referenced. There was talking about... Guys, it got real nerdy. Again, anytime you give Destiny fans a puzzle, it gets real nerdy real quick. Uh, We were talking about the uh, the I think it was like the covalent weight of some of these elements. There's numbers on the screen. It was like Mm -hmm. 200.85 or whatever. Uh, The elements there. There's just a lot of references to uh, three very specific elements that are core to the practices of alchemy. Sulfur, mercury and salt. Uh, I think they said in Milan's video that actually the new armor sets that we are going to be getting in the witch queen, each set of armor is tied to one of those core elements. So like warlocks might be sulfur hunters might be mercury and Titans will be salty. I really hope that it's the other way around, but you know, (laughs) just, just (laughs) so I can call somebody salty on fun. Um, But those are the, like, sulfur, mercury, and salt, especially if you watch uh, Full Metal Alchemist, you know that those are, like, the core things that go into any sort of, I was going to say alchemical, but uh, I don't know. Uh, Any sort of uh, practice of alchemy, those are the three big things. Uh, But there's some other stuff that, with those references, I was kind of curious about. Um, Because, obviously, we could be talking about those elements and, and ways of, of using alchemy with that. But um, when we saw the game awards trailer for Witch queen, right this past year, uh, there was a lot of stuff that implied that Mars was going to be returning to the game mm-hmm. in some sort of fashion. Mars is a former, former patrol zone that was introduced in war that got vaulted at the beginning of shadow keep. I think the darkness came in and invaded and all those plans became grayed out. In fact, there's multiple references to, to Callus and to Osiris exploring those areas of space and seeing nothing there. But Mars is back in some way, shape, or form. Now, Mercury, very obvious. Mercury could be referencing the planet Mercury. We got that introduced to us in Curse of Osiris. That was lost to the darkness as well. And then sulfur could be referencing the sulfuric volcanoes. Mm-hmm. That exists on IO, which is a planet that, again, we had in Vanilla D2. And I think that's also very interesting because when Destiny or when Bungie did introduce the idea of content vaulting, a lot of the things that they had mentioned was specifically the fact that these patrol zones that were kind of old and more importantly, with the new launch of Shadowkeep, and with the swap to a new engine, uh, those patrol locations needed to be reworked to be brought back to what their current standard of modeling and, and environments are. So we never fully understood with putting things into the content vault. Did that mean that some things would come back? Did, would we see some of these locations again? Is this going to rotate? This could be hints. That we could be seeing some of these old planets again, and we could be exploring what has happened to those planets after the darkness took them and made them disappear. What has changed? Will we be going back to Hellas Base, the the Hellas Basin? Will we be able to see um, the the old Clovis Bray facility? You know, these are just questions. But uh, those are my theories. Oh, yeah. What about you?
0: What what stood okay, out to so you in the trailer? For me, especially also regarding this. the alchemy, but a little bit um, mm-hmm. not necessarily focused on how the function of alchemy works, more into the actual lore perspective of light versus dark, transmutation stuff like that. Okay, so for me, alchemy essentially is you could. Super dumb it down to, and maybe I'm wrong, but in my opinion, it's creating something that wasn't there or transforming something into something completely different. Example, turning metal into gold. Originally, there was no gold, and now you have a wad of gold. So, example would be we know that the darkness works by taking things, by converting things, by cutting them into the final shape. Again, if you go back into episode 10 about, um, the Books of Sorrow, it does explain a little bit more about how taking actually works. You're essentially taken from this um, from this reality into the Ascendant Realm and converted into what the darkness calls your final shape or your perfect form. So there may be things in your biology that are unnecessary, like your spleen, for example, and he takes that from you and somehow it makes it more powerful. But during this process, if you're thinking about it, from a chemical standpoint, there has to be a transition from one type of atom into another for this taking to occur. So that's kind of what relates to me in an uh, alchemy sense. We also know that the way that the light is able, as you stated just a couple minutes ago, the light is not only able to revive us, but give us back our equipment, give us back our, our, um, our clothes, our weapons, our sparrows, all of that. So how is it able to do that? There must be a chemical transmutation from one substance into another in order to replace these things. How does the light actually function? So when you start thinking about that, it opens up a pathway that if you are following Seven Things history, she would know all about chemistry and potentially how to do this. If she were able to harness the, the way the light is able to reproduce chemically our mass, then she would be able to do the same thing for the darkness. If she already has some powers of the darkness, which is able to take and transmutate matter, and she's able to combine that with the light, then that just, I don't know, it makes her powers seem more real to me. I get really heavy into the the LARPing part of this game. And I think, how would this actually work? How does it function? So this may possibly explain how she's able to revive her hive guardians into the lucent brood and what is actually taking place there none of this is confirmed again this is just my theories but i don't know i'm really focusing on how on the how and to me this the the alchemic sorry alchemic hints that they're giving us really go to give us a lot of information without like you said telling us exactly what happens in the game to me
1: yeah and this also, you know, just as an aside, this shoots down my theory that I had working at the point, which was that she was going to use the Vex network. That's right. You know, there was that uh, when Coria was given to Savathun, uh, there was a give and take there. Like Savathun, obviously, got is a god of cunning. So use that cunning to be like, hey, like. I will teach you the sword logic. And in exchange, you teach me about the VEX network. True. And the VEX are masters of simulation. And if they can understand how something happens, then they can simulate it. That is why they were able to take down Mm -hmm. uh, Mm Saint-14 the way that they did. Um, So we know that the VEX, with their prediction engines and with with all of their technology, they're able to do things, but they've never been able to recreate paracausality. And but with the ghost shells that she was getting and with the fact that she was very interested in how the revive mechanic works, because there's multiple references in the lore, especially over the last season, about her really paying attention to that. Um, I thought that was how it was gonna happen. Yeah. Maybe it is still, but you know, it's it's exciting because this again takes the entire community into a whole different direction of mm-hmm. hey, is this how this is going to happen?
0: Yeah, uh, I love how this is always with a tailspin and we're just off chasing our own yeah. theories to hold us for a couple of weeks until we actually figure it out. Yeah. But you absolutely do have a point there. And that yeah. um the, the Vex network would completely explain how her ascendant uh, realm works in the line that she also drops in the trailer where she is watching our every step and counting every bullet that we fire. That sounds exactly like a Vex a Vex simulation to me. How would she be able to monitor that without the help of the vex because the ascendant plane doesn't necessarily give you the be all end all see everything ability you know it's a place that you can control so she maybe she is working with the vex somehow or able to implement vex technology into her ascendant realm this could be the culmination of many races of of the destiny universe as well as magic and vex math. Who knows?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I like that you bring up the mini races because one of the last things that we see in the trailer is the scorn. And we hadn't really seen a lot from the scorn uh, as a result of us, you know, finishing the Forsaken campaign. We we have seen Fearical a couple of times. We have seen the, the scorn here and there but we've never really seen them be really active in the seasons until actually i would argue Correct. very recently and there's a lot of stuff that happened over the last season that i would love to talk about but it starts with this trailer where it looks as if we are fighting against the scorn in this ascendant realm and how did the scorn get there mm-hmm. is really the big question you know cuz we do know that it for whatever reason the scorn have come to some sort of understanding with the hive and with the taken which if the stories right now are to be believed the hive and the taken are both being controlled by zivu wrath the fact that the scorn are seemingly working with them if not just having a, a like this non aggression kind of deal Is very interesting because what what does this mean for them? Again, we do know. One, they've attacked the Blind Well over the last season. And then specifically, they took over the debris of dreams in the Shattered Realm. And there's two things that happened there that are very interesting. The first Ascendant Mystery is that refined power Ascendant Mystery where uh, you pick up the, the ball and you refine it yourself. And the fact that the Scorn have... Found a way to refine Ascendant Energy. And there's even a line in that uh that Shattered Realm where Mara's like, somebody must be helping them. But we do not know who. Like, it feels like only Awoken should have that knowledge, but they don't. And Ascendant Energy is the thing that we used to use in, in vanilla D1 to kind of upgrade our weapons. So is there, is there something with that? There's also the second Ascendant Mystery, which was called the First Rule. It's a fun, catchy name. Um, there is a Scorn combat arena that you break up after the second beacon, and a lot of people have been theorizing that this is the Scorn's way of trying to utilize the sword logic in order to elevate themselves. And so there's, there's a lot of stuff happening with the Scorn, and I, I think especially with what we saw in the trailer with the fact that they are in Savazin's Ascendant Realm, we are going to find out more about them and about what they want. Are they on the side of Zivu or Wrath? Are they just kind of independently trying to, you know, find however,
0: however they need to survive? Like, what's going on with the Scorn Absolutely. specifically? They are definitely learning, for sure. And we, as you stated before, we don't know that they necessarily have mm-hmm. a truce, with the hive, but it's starting to look that way. Definitely they're able to learn from the hive and their presence in the Ascendant Realm proves that. And they would see, okay, well, look at our counterparts over here, the hive or our new partners in crime. They are able to kill and gain power from their kills. So what if we were able to do the same thing? And with somebody helping them, it may be somebody who's monitored. monitored, And again, I'm not saying who but it's somebody who knows something about the Guardians, who's been watching us for quite some time and is able to teach them some of the things that we've learned over the course so that they are able to advance at a much quicker rate and become a bigger threat to us. It's, it's, I'm just really happy to see the Scorn back and still around, yeah. honestly, ever since we killed their father, who supposedly is going to return and try to kill us again. But, you know, we really haven't seen them much besides mm-hmm. the Glycon at the beginning of um, Beyond Light. yeah. And, you know, that was a fun little mission, but they've been radio silent ever since. That's been about maybe nine months at least. So it's good to see them back in the mix.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're doing something. But what it is, we don't know. We do know, again, thanks to the Glycon, that they do seem to share a a networked connection to the darkness or, or to the entity behind the darkness. But we don't know what that means. And so with seeing them here... They are going to be a bigger part of the story moving forward. And I'm very excited to see what that means for just this whole universe of destiny, because we Mm -hmm. didn't see the cabal, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't see the Elixir. We just see the taken. We see the hive. We see the Scorn. So what does that mean for us? What does that mean for the story that we've experienced? What does that mean moving forward? These are all great questions, but unfortunately, uh, until Bungie releases more information, we're yep. not really going to know the answers to it.
0: That's you know? all right.
1: So and that's why podcasts like this exist. We, you know, we get to to theorize and kind of point out the things. Uh, big shout outs once again to Violent Games. That entire alchemy section is mostly work that him and his community did. Uh, I am nowhere near smart enough uh, to, to <laughs> pull that stuff out of my butt. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you. But yeah, man. Moving forward, we're going to keep with this release schedule. Uh, we might try and put out some stuff about some of the newer stuff. I do know that in the next episode that we are going to be recording, we are going to talk a little bit about that most recent TWAB, talking about the changes that are coming to big changes. mods, as it were. The Very big changes. Broad topics. So we're definitely going to be talking about that uh, in the coming in the coming episodes. But... That being said, is there anything you wanted to hit on before we kick all these people out and, and you know, go and join our uh, fire No, teams not too space?
0: much. Clan is growing. Uh, it's doing great. They're doing weekly raids on their own. I don't even have to implement them. Like, those guys are working together. It's great. So if you want a team of players to, to carry you mm-hmm. through every single raid and get you these weapons, especially before February 22nd, some of these weapons are going away. Some of these locations are going away. Maybe there's stuff you need to do. Hop in the Becoming Legend Discord um besides that i just want to say keep your eyes open and keep your uh keep your wits about you as we are preparing for this uh breakage with savathun's wit wit, with her uh sorry not her witch her worm worm witch witch worm you know the deal uh expect an attack from zivu or wrath um don't trust anybody hopefully we'll get a resolution to osiris and um yeah that's that's pretty much all i got right now (laughs) how about you sir Nice.
1: Ah, same stuff, man. Uh obviously we're gonna put the, the links to the Discord down below. Feel free to join. Uh as soon as you accept the rules of mm-hmm. the community, you're able to see the entire page, able to start communicating. There's a lot of cool stuff that we do. Uh and that will also be uh growing and exploring over the coming year, but that's not for this this, you know, forum to talk about. Past that, uh, I know you and I are trying to get back into the stream thing. Uh so you can always catch us on our Twitches. Uh find me also on Twitter. I all of our socials, mm-hmm. all of our information is going to be in the show yeah. notes below. So definitely check that out. And yeah, with that being said, check out that previous episode, episode 10. Again, we kept referencing it. It is about the Book of Sorrows. Uh if you want to get a good idea of some of the stuff that we have coming up and what that implication is for what the future seasons could be, uh definitely check that out there. With all that being said, guys, uh enjoy enjoy the last few weeks of this season because come to 2222 uh this game is changing in a big bad way yes we don't know what that means so
0: absolutely enjoy enjoy it while you're here to help you out through that time you're actually going to have another two episodes before the launch of witch queen so in particular mr tweezy said next episode we will be talking about changes to Twab. but i just want to say here if you want tips about how to go uh How to save up your bounties for the best EXP uh, bursts whenever the season comes around. Tune in next season. And also about potential builds that may be necessary for Witch Queen. Weapons, mods, armor, all of the above. How to best prepare yourself for the coming threat. Yep. And those will be in future episodes. But with all that being said, you guys Um,
1: enjoy the rest of your day.